Welcome to the LDN Perspective Podcast. My name is Kojo. And I'm joined by my co-host, Mo. And our guest for this conversation is... Jacob. Yeah, so welcome everybody. Happy New Year. Um, yeah, so today's topic is, would I take that MBE? Um, and it's a really interesting one because I basically came across an article which I read uh, by George the Poet saying that how he rejected the MBE over the pure evil of the British Empire. That was the title of the article. And what really got me is, until that moment, I never really, really had taken that thought about MBE. Up until that point, I probably would have taken it unknowingly and just thought of, ah, this is a stance to progress or this is for my recognition. But you never really analyse what its implication, even in, in its, because it's an acronym, MBE, it stands for Member of the British Empire. So it's not like it's a different title and you, the, the association isn't really there, but the association is fully there. So it's whether you consider yourself part of that or want to go. So we just want to kind of explore and just see, is that something that we would do? Um, I'm interested in you guys' thoughts if that's something that you guys have thought about as well beforehand. Uh, yeah, so what do you think? Just just before we start. You know, because you're looking at us, what happens when you're talking? Because the mic is directional. Yeah. When you turn, okay. I'm not picking up. So just set it, because set it as in where we're sitting. Yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah. I got it. So, you could, so when you're turning, you're, you're, yeah, it's just yeah, that, yeah. that way, then it makes it a bit more. Um, I guess, yeah, I guess I'll echo some of the stuff that you said, because um, prior to actually reading the article, I've never looked at it, because I've been to, like, conferences, seminars, and I've seen, like, black people that have the title MBE or B, and I'm like, wow, that is, you must have really done something great, like, to actually get these titles. So, for me, it was almost like something that, if that was offered to me, I'd have thought, wow, like, you know, like, it's for the work, it's for the good work, it's almost like a recognition for the good work that I've done, type of thing. So I wouldn't, not at that time, I wouldn't have turned it down, no way. Like, what? I would have been elated. I would have been thinking, whoa, yes, like, finally. Like, <laughs> like, I'm there, kind of thing. But I guess when you start looking at some of the reasons why some people have turned it down, and then you're looking at the bigger, wider picture of what that actually means to have these kind of titles, and what, what it's attributes to the whole idea of the empire actually means, it's kind of when... I kind of had to then resettle to really think about this a bit more from my perspective, I guess. Yeah, so firstly, I'm not going to be awarded an MBE. So it's an interesting conversation. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> yeah. you, you never know. But, um, but it's an interesting discussion because it's, yeah, it's something that I probably wouldn't get. So the one thing I'm mindful of is not criticising um, something that I might not necessarily have. It's like... There could be an argument, should I play for England? Should I represent England playing football, right? I'm never going to play for England or football, so it's easy for me to talk <clears throat> about Ian Wright or whatever. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so that's the first thing, yeah, mind up full of. But I'm also just aware that in thinking about the issue, it's, it's bigger than just about the MBE. It, it, um, or it is about the MBE, but it leads into so many areas about independence, about self-respect, about cultural appreciation. So, yeah, it's. Um, I think it's... It's, it's more simple than a yes or no answer. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the discussion. I think what we might need to do is maybe for our audience, explain the different kind of like honours list. Yeah. Like, for instance, what does the companion of honour mean? If you're knighted or if you're a dame, what does that mean? 
if you're a CBE and all that kind that's of stuff. Useful. That, that's quite useful for that. people. I do, yeah. yeah come uh, on. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. <laughs> yeah, that, that's quite useful because even, I think when we start mentioning it, it's when I actually start doing a bit of research. What do these titles mm. actually mean? I just meant, I thought it meant something, but I didn't actually know what it actually meant. Yeah. So maybe I could just go through them quickly. Um, Start off with the lowest one. What's the entry the, point? The lowest <laughs> one. <laughs> the entry point is something that David Cameron actually brought back called the BME. And the B, no, BAM is the British Empire Medal. No, please, we've got ghosts in this building. No, actually, you know, it's the guys that we spoke to. Anyway. Okay. So this medal was founded in 1917 and was awarded for actions by civilians or military personnel. It was scrapped in 1993, but nearly 20 years later, Prime Minister David Cameron brought the medal back with around 300 awarded every year to community volunteers. Okay. Hey, that could be you, That could be me. That could be you. Then it moves on to MBE. And I guess MBE is like the order of the British Empire Award. Um, it's the third highest ranking order of the British Empire Award behind the CBE, which is the first and then the OBE. It stands for member of the order of the British Empire. Um, so it's also awarded to someone for making a positive impact in their line of work. So someone like Ed Sheeran was um, awarded the MBE in 2017. Did he take it? Yes, he did, yes. Yeah. And then we have the OBE. And the OBE is the second highest ranking order of British Empire Award. Obviously, it's only behind the CBE. It stands for the Officer of the Order of the British Empire. Um, it's awarded for someone for making great impact in their line of work. So someone like um, Amma Agbesi, she's like the captain of the women's netball team okay. that won the 2018 Commonwealth Games. And she was awarded in 2019. Then we move on to the CBE. And this stands for the Commander of Order of the British Empire. Um, George V created the Orders of the British Empire was during World War One to reward services to war effort by people helping back in the UK. So as well as the CBE, people are also awarded an officer or MBE, which is what I've kind of gone through already. They're given to people to recognize, I guess, they're all for positive impact that you've kind of, you've kind of did um, um, at work. And then what is a knight or a dame? The honor of knighthood comes from the medieval times, as that's the way it's used to award a knighthood. Um, the, the touch of the sword by the king or queen, is how so you mean we bow down to the queen and touch them from side to side. Men who receive the honour are given their title sir, while women receiving the honour are called dame. The award is given for exceptional achievement in any activity. So hey, you guys could always be listed for these awards. Um, and then we have what is a companion of honour. This honour is given to people who have made a significant contribution to arts, science, medicine or government over a long period of, period of time. The award, which was founded by George V in 1917, is limited to just 65 people each year. Those who receive it wear the initials CH after their name. So Sir Winston Churchill, J.K. Rowling, Sir David Attenborough have all received this um, honour. And yeah, I think I think that, that was the list just before we go through. So, so then I guess I guess understand what some of these kind of things mean. I know we're yeah. going to delve in a bit deeper, then, but I thought I'll always open it up. By yeah, no, definitely. It's um, useful. It's definitely good to have that kind of breakdown so you understand it's not just the MBE, there's lots of different types of yeah. titles. And, mm. and so when you do see that on the end of certain people's names, you kind of now have an idea of what exactly that means or it 
entails. Okay, and then the next bit really then is kind of delving in more into what was the British Empire? <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> uh, I know. I know. So some historians say that it may have started as early as fourteen nineties, um, but then most will say that they didn't really start their overseas exploits until the sixteen hundreds, um, and then this spanned all the way up until nineteen ninety seven. Which, is, which isn't that long ago. Yeah. Some people might think it's long ago, but 997 isn't that far away. I mean, I remember experiencing World Cup 98 and 97 was just a year before that. Yeah. <laughs> was that Senegal? Senegal scored <laughs> the goal in the, against France. And that's it. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, so that's, oh, that's about 400 years the British Empire was basically running. And even though it may have uh, ended, they still have some um, territories. They hold sovereignty over about 14. So, a few of them to name is Anguilla, Bermuda, Cayman Islands, Gibraltar, uh, Montserrat. All those are under the um, British sovereignty. So, the taxes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're still their territories in that sense. Um, so, yeah, so. But in this current time, what does that mean? What they pay taxes to the British? The UK, what, what does that actually mean now? So I'm not, I'm not the best person to ask about the legal status, but I know that they're, they're, they're part, I think they're not part of the UK, but legally the UK owns them, so which is why they're not um, privy to the same tax laws that they are in the UK. Yeah, but it was so quite similar to, like, I guess, the whole Windrush, where it's like Jamaica was like part of the UK, so before it was free movement, where you could come and go, because you were until then there was a conversation <laughs> about the influx of black people in the UK, and then... They had to put certain kind of limitation around being part of the Commonwealth and all that type of stuff. Yeah, is that, so is that kind of is it, is yeah, I think it's just it's just the people in those countries weren't really the the populations are so limited <clears throat> that there wasn't really an independence mm. um, desire from those particular countries. I guess the only thing I I could just add to this just before Mo picks this up is that the decision about who gets an honor and the type of honor they get is made by a special committee. The committee's decision go to the Prime Minister and then finally to the Queen to check it. So that's how... Yeah. So if you guys want to get one, then this is like the process, isn't it? Yeah, the Prime Minister's office and the recommendations. Yeah. Recommendations and yeah. stuff. So there is at least some sort of consultation yeah. um, now about who decides to get the awards yeah. as opposed to it just being the Queen one particular person. Decided yeah. or... yes. So let's just dive into it then. Would you take any of you? Or OB and BEM now, <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. whatever you know, it's funny because um, even things like what Jacob was saying, it's not something I don't see myself ever being offered. I think, I, I think, I think where we are now, we need to kind of I understand that concept of never ever being offered that. But I still feel like you could get offered that because of the type of kind of work that you do. Yeah. So we cannot. I guess what I'm saying is that we cannot have the conversation to say, oh, I could never be offered, so I don't know what decision to take or what that decision oh, yeah, is going no, to no, be. No, no, no. It's just that you can be offered. It depends on how, because it could be 20 years' time. Mm. Right? It could be 30 mm. years' time, 50 years' time. People have been offered when they were in there um, towards the end of their life or whatever it is. Yeah. So I guess that it's just what I'm saying, isn't it? So I want you, don't, don't try to shift here, mate. I want you to like say it with your chest as they say, mate. No, for me personally, I don't think I would. And um, Why? my reasons for that is 
mainly because of the title in itself. So MBE, member of the British Empire, I don't personally identify myself as a member or see myself as a member of the British Empire in that way. Um, and then, I don't know, I'm from a country where they sent their ministries and had their whole protectorate contract um, with Uganda in terms of how we then was absorbed under the British Empire in that context and how they created the whole borders and what Uganda is today and the divide and conquer tactics used in there and for me I feel like I am in terms of history wise a descendant of some of those bad management you could say or atrocities or things that will happen indirect because of the British Empire and because of my association to that I personally couldn't pretty much similar to the reasons that George the poet kind of gives in his articles and him also being a fellow Ugandan as well in that context. Oh is Ugandan as well? Yeah yeah. Oh is he? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, interesting. What about you? Dave? So I think it's it's definitely tempting. I can't mm. say it's not tempting. Um, you know, in school it was always nice to receive a gold star. You know, it always feels good when the teacher yeah. acknowledges your work. Yeah. Um, recognition is a good recognition thing. Recognition is a good yeah. thing. You know, if um, you know, if I'm walking down the street, not that it's ever happened, but if a girl says you're looking nice, you know, it makes me feel good. I might not like the girl, but <laughs> yeah, I still, still, yeah, 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 still carry that with me. Hundred percent. So you know, with my so, chest high. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm walking taller. So I can't say that it's not something that I would appreciate, and also because. If, if I were to receive it, it would probably be a nomination from other people yeah. who recognise stuff that like that. Yeah, yeah. So it is tempting. For me, it's just the word empire. If it was changed to anything else, not anything else, obviously, but if it was something, I don't know, if it was MB England, do you know what I mean? If it yeah. was um, you know, something else. Uh, but I think it's just the word empire for me. And yeah, I mean, we can come on to it, but I think there's, there's a lot to discuss about what the empire was. Yeah, but I think we just need to dive in there because the idea of... Because if you're saying to me that it's just the wording, then it kind of just loses all the historical facts around what this country was built on. Because if you're talking about ancestors and all that kind of stuff, just changing the wording does not mean that these things didn't happen. But then I guess in, in regards to the wording, it's almost like you are then accepting or you are, you are a part of the family that might have done all these atrocities or is, is that the, the reason from so it's what like, we're talking about so there's so in Ireland there's um they, they have these things called the uh, Orange Order marches right in Northern Ireland and um what happens is there was uh, there were some battles that the Protestants won the English Protestants um or the, the, the British Protestants <coughs> won over the Catholics mm. and so what they do is every so often and because the king was William of Orange Every so often they have these orange marches every year to commemorate the, the winning of that battle. Now the Catholic population are completely opposed to that. They're not having it. They don't want to marching through their areas, celebrating effectively a form of genocide. So I think the name is really important. You can't, an Irish person would never acknowledge that orange order march going through. Now if the, if the reasoning for the march was, I'm just glad to be in this country, or I'm just appreciating or acknowledging um, my ancestry, I think that's slightly different. What, what about I'm just glad to that I'm glad my I'm, ancestry fought for this battle yeah, so, for me. And, 
I think it's similar. It's also similar to the Confederate flag, right? It's kind of it's receiving an award. Let's say that was in which you you receive a Confederate flag in America. The it has symbolism, and I think the word in this case has symbolism. I, I see nothing wrong with being recognised for what I do. I know what England represents, but I genuinely feel like it's taking the mick. It's almost like saying this is an occasion in which you were there was a genocide that took place in which some of your relatives um, were. Were, were murdered in that particular instance, hmm. and I'm giving you an award with that name, and that for me is the major issue. Yeah, it's similar to when we were talking about the whole um, francophone countries, yeah, and the fact that they sign. Yeah, <laughs> and yes, it's independence, but you actually yeah, signed the treaty actually, that is talking about the benefit of their <laughs> um, property which they owned in terms of the titling, mm-hmm. and I think that is the problem is. The title that it's used. Um, I mean, what, what would you, what would you do? What for myself? Yeah. Um, I think, I think this is, this is almost like um, for me. I always have to go back to this whole thing of the um, plantation kind of thing, it? where it's like they filled, they filled, um, they filled slaves, and then the house slaves, and what that kind of actually meant. So it's almost like when you're on the field slaves, and they come up with this, oh, you're doing great things, right? I want you to now lead these guys on the field and you get this award now you become the house slave and then the problem you have as a house slave is that you need to treat the field slaves worse for your for your master to truly accept that you do belong there and you have their best interests at heart and I almost feel like this award is almost like kind of like accepting you to say look you're part you're part of the british empire you have to look out for british um what's the word interests to a certain extent because you are part and parcel of that and i guess for me that's how i kind of think of it and it's, it's quite interesting, as I said before, where before I wouldn't have bought an island. For me, oh, that would have been amazing. My mum would be, if I was to turn one down, I think my mum would have a fight with me, innit? Because it's like, it makes no sense. Well, how, how can you? Like, do you know what I mean? Because of the prestige that comes with it and all that kind of things. But I think really just thinking deep down and when we talk about the British Empire and then we think, we think about what the empire stood for. And as you mentioned, some of the atrocities that the empire actually did. For me irrespective of the name, it kind of feels like I'm selling out, irrespective of whether it's called England or whatever or not, because it's what what that actually mean? What do you become part of? And what does that actually mean? Like, whose course are you kind of meant to be adhering to? What kind of processes and procedures have you actually locked yourself in? Do you know what I mean? So I feel like stuff like that for a free spirit, for someone that feels like there's injustice and all these kind of things in the world, it kind of locks you in. But as I said, I don't know what the actual details of what you might have to adhere to. Because they could actually take that off you, depending on your behaviour, if you get some bad reputation or bad press or whatever it is. And there is some call of closes in there. So it's quite, it's quite interesting thinking of it um, that way. But I would say that at the moment, I don't think I'll accept one. Um, because it always takes me back to history and then even some of the conversations that we had, like... Um, we've had in the past, like um, on the 25th the episode that we released about the year of return, and then looking at what actually identity means in this dying age of the British Empire and what that British Empire calls in places like Ghana, where I'm from. So when I'm looking at that and I'm looking at what that actually actually represents, then it makes me feel like I'm selling out. But then I guess at the same, with the same head on, then it's like, why would I accept a British citizenship? Why would I take a passport? Because... For me, it's easy for people to sit there and say, oh, I'm not accepting NB, I'm not accepting this. But you're accepting a lot of the things that the British Empire was built on. 
that's giving you a lot of benefits. So why are we not giving you that same energy? Because do you have a British passport? Yeah, I think the context is different. I, personally, I don't, but I, I, I'll let this conversation know. I, I personally don't, because the British passport has been built on the empire. Yeah. The reason why you'll be able to go to certain places freely is because of what Britain stands for. Yeah. When we talk about the empire, what does the empire actually mean? The empire was what the foundations of this country was built on. It's the foundations that built everything else that we see as an opportunity. Yeah. yeah. So, for instance, people back home in Africa, in the Caribbean, might want to come over to this country because they see us a greener pasture. That getting money, as, um, accessibility to money is more easy and all these kind of things. These kind of things are the way they are because of the empire. Because of what the empire ripped out from these countries. So for me, it goes in tandem for what benefits that we actually get in this country. So on one hand, and it's like the example that you gave regarding playing for England or playing for the country that you, you, you come from or your family might be coming from. And that, and, and that concept as well is a funny one. Because if you're playing for England, like I'm not sure if you're a footballer or if you're in any other sport and that was put forward to you, most people will play for England. Yeah. And you ask the question, why? Why are you not playing for Uganda? Why am I not playing for Ghana? And it's the same for me, anyway. This is how I, I guess I might have taken the conversation to somewhere else. <laughs> but for me, this is how I kind of see it. Because if you, on one hand, want to say that a lot of these things represent this, and we're talking about the wording is the reason why we finally want to accept it, I can understand that. But for me, that whole empire, whether you change it, is the country, what the country is built on. It's the reason why a lot of countries are suffering. Because when you use this example of France and all these kind of things, it's the reason why the Francophone countries in Africa are struggling. So France could change their name to whatever they want to change their name to, but what it is built upon is what makes it that country that it is. It's what makes it for people to get free education, uh, free healthcare, and all these kind of things. It's built on this. Yeah. So this is where I, I, I'm coming from, because then I've kind of like looked at the whole concept, and then I had to look at my British passport. To say, if I'm not accepting an MBE or OB or whatever it is, why do I accept a British passport? I have a Ghanaian citizenship. I still have leave to remain in this country. Why do I need to accept that? It's still, for me, it's the same conversation. I don't think you could detract the two. Because if you detract the two, then you're picking and choosing. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I mean, I think with the whole... How you acquire a passport... And the MBE are two different things, yeah. And then, in terms of your freedoms and restrictions, are different to having an MBE as opposed to a passport. Me having an MBE or not having it is not going to limit me in any way. It does, it does. It does open doors to having an MBE. Moving circles, you get paid to come and give speeches and all these kind of things. There's a certain prestige that comes with it. It adds credibility. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It adds some kind of to your personal brand, to and it depends brand. on whatever field that you're in. So yeah. you can imagine if you're in youth, if I'm in some sort of tech, it adds that the minute that someone sees that I am a well-respected person, people might be calling you to give speeches, money. Maybe there are things that will Particularly come. Particularly if you go to Africa or the Caribbean. Oh come on, can you yeah. imagine? They love you. Yeah, no, seriously, you are someone that has been renowned. You're talking about the UK, you know what? UK sees you in this light. You must be amazing. Yeah, for a black man, UK sees you in this light. You must be amazing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I understand a lot of the stuff. I think I think when we're saying that 
Because a lot of that, when people are being sworn in for citizenship, there's an oath that you have to take. Yeah. For this as well, there's an oath that you have to take. Yeah. Right? And it's the oath of the queen being your all these kind of things. Because yeah. what what is the reason? What's what's the what's the idea of citizenship? What does that actually mean? Right? Because because I, I guess and, and it's funny because when even people travel, right? For instance, people that might have dual nationality must still travel with a British passport, even if they're going to their mother country. Because they're saying if a conflict arises, the minute that you show that British passport, you're being whisked back to the UK. Yeah. These are all benefits. If we were going to say on one hand that we say over our chest, we're from here, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, then let's do that equally. Let's not pick and choose. For me, this is how I see this. And I'm not saying it's an easy decision, but the thing of enlightening ourselves and enlightening all this burden of being part of this and being part of that, I feel like this becomes part and parcel of that conversation. When our kids are in sports, let's tell them, well, your kid is in Formula One. Let them race for Ghana. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how that's going to happen, <laughs> but this is what we're saying. If we're going to be saying, start saying some of these things, I feel like we need to kind of like give it because a lot of the times, I was just reading up about Miss um, Dynamite and Miss Dynamite was talking about her reasons for taking um, the MBE because she's talking about from her music side, she's been talking about injustices and okay. social injustice and all these kind of things. And she's been expressing that in her music. So she never, I guess it's where we are now, talking about these conversations, saying we'll never accept one kind of thing. And then when that was offered to her, she mentioned that this was the whole time of the whole Windrush generation and how the government have kind of like, obviously pe- people being deported, people not having access to like housing, and um, medi- um, healthcare. NHS healthcare and all these kind of things. And what that kind of had done. But then she was saying that she took the MBE because she wanted to honor her grandparents for the sacrifices that they made in order for her to be in the position that she was in. So, for instance, she's saying that her mother, her grandparent came to this country without a jacket and she couldn't understand how cold it was. And she's saying this for the strife, what they had to go through, the racism, all these kind of injustices that they had to go through to build a foundation for her. It's her reason for accepting it. I'm not saying that it's right or wrong, but this is her I need thinking. Someone to explain that to me. No, because she's saying so. So, so she's saying something about she doesn't want to forget the legacy of her grandparents, the legacy that they had in this country, okay. in order to make black people to be a bit more acceptable. Where she's saying that she went to see her grand, who's in a care home now because she's got dementia, and she mentioned to her that she, she's going to receive an MB, and the grand like was so elated. To hear this news, of course, you know what I mean. <clears throat> so, I genuinely, uh, not and I'm not trying to be obtuse, but I genuinely don't understand where the link is between just from her perspective, and obviously, she's not here to defend herself, but where the link is between honoring her ancestors and taking an MB. If, if anything, if anything, it could be quite easy to argue that it's dishonorable to accept it on behalf of her relatives, bearing in mind she's of Caribbean ancestry, right? <clears throat> so there's not much that's been positive. I mean, in Africa, there's the, there are arguments maybe used about roads, railway stations, whatever, ports, that were beneficial from the empire's perspective, um, which, again, are easily disputed. But in the Caribbean, there's, I, I, I challenge anyone to think of any example, any instance where you can suggest that there was anything positive about taking people to another place enslaving them, not giving them education, bringing them to England to work in factories because there weren't enough people around, 
then abusing them and allowing working class other people to abuse them, then threatening to send them back to that country. And, and how then, then and until this day, when she was accepting it, not recognizing them as free citizens yeah. and deporting them and I think, giving them help. Yeah. And I guess it's a tough one. <laughs> no, it is sure a tough one. Whether, where that link is. But I, also just just to say I think it's the the other thing is is that if you for, from from my perspective, the reason why the word empire is so important is because if if the UK acknowledged the past, and I think this is the issue with empire, right, is that because the UK's never really lost a war, we've as a country never had to really critique our impact on the world. We've always been able to look at it from a position of being a winner. So we've always looked at everything as a win. We've We've won the war and we've helped other people. So because of that, the UK has never really had to acknowledge or look at the word empire. Now, taking the word empire out is not that difficult, right? It's just really not that tricky to do. So you could take that word out and just call it the Community Awards. But is it not a facade, though? Is it not no. like a small screen? For me, that's what I'm seeing. Well, that's what I'm saying. <clears throat> but I mean, all countries, not all countries, but lots of countries give awards, right? They give kind of freedom of the cities or whatever it is. They give uh, to, to, different, mm. to different people, right? Just, yeah. just in recognition of their, yeah. what they've done. Yeah. Actors, you yeah. know, um, for increasing the exposure to a particular mm. country. That makes, that makes perfect sense. So having awards for people makes perfect sense. I mean, it's like, it's like the Oscars or anything else, right? Um, so giving awards to people is fine. I think the reason why Britain keeps that word is because we're still very proud of the empire. So there was, there was a study done recently about, about the empire and 20, 44% of people in the UK were proud of the history of, of colonialism. Um, only 21% regretted it and 43% felt that the empire was a good thing whilst only 19% said it was a bad thing. So overwhelmingly British people think of the empire as something positive. And even the whole Brexit issue, for me, part of it is about the fact that we used to be great, yeah. we used to be amazing. We yeah. want to go back to those yeah. days, right? Yeah. Mm. And because of that, I think that's my issue is, is that if, if the UK had said, look, we want to remove that word empire because we understand that it's harmful for people. You know, we don't want people like, um, like Dynamite or, um, or Zephaniah or George to, to reject it. We want these people to accept it. So what we're going to do is make it inclusive and we're going to take out the word empire. But they don't want to do that. And that for me is why I think uh, Dynamite's decision was doesn't make any sense, or at least the explanation doesn't make any sense. No, no, totally. I think I think her, her explanation is, is mainly pure, purely on the whole hardship that her parents sacrificed yeah. and did in order for her, in to, order be in for her to be in the to position, to position that she is today now. So she feels she is honouring them in the struggles that they went through. But then I guess from her standpoint, so I think one thing that she mentioned is bridging gaps rather than contribute to negativity so and this is something where we had this conversation in one of the groups that i'm on and i asked the question would you accept one and one of my friends came back to say yeah of course i'll accept one because he believes that sometimes when you are in these positions of power that's when you're able to like have access to certain certain resources that will be able to empower your communities per se do you know what i mean as so, an individual but then, for me, it always goes back to the whole conversation about um, Martin Luther King or Malcolm X, and what, where, where, where your stance is. That's how I kind of see it. It's your stance about trying to fit in, go along peacefully, or are you trying to be part of the establishment in order to change it within? Or are you going to say no? Like this is my stance. I'm not accepting it until I get my full rights. I guess that's how I kind of see Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. 
I know others might think otherwise, but it's just how I kind of see it. So it's like, are you trying to influence from within? Or are you trying to stand on the sidelines and say, no, this is not what, what, what I represent? And I guess for him, from his side, he was kind of thinking, you know what? I could only try to make a change if I'm within. Which I think is a dangerous thing because a lot of the times when you're within, that's when you understand there are things put in place to ensure that no one could just come in and try to change the system as it is. It's not, it's not like you, you bought an island, all of a sudden you're within this community and you're able to change it like that. Hence the reason why there's these kind of like processes and stuff that I've kind of mentioned in the past. So there is this ideology that I am able to change things if I have more resources available to me which I'm then able to put into the communities that need it more because then I have a bit more. There is that thinking as well. What do you guys think of people that so are coming I, from that sort of train? So I go back to, the reason why I go back to Ireland is because there's, there's um, it's really interesting because for the first, Ireland is Britain's oldest colony. I think it's interesting to look at Ireland and the struggles that they've been through. And in, in the elections that we recently had, uh, nationalist parties, so that's parties in Northern Ireland that want to, uh, United Ireland have won more seats than those who want to stay in the United Kingdom for the first time. It's not going to be reversed. Ireland is going to be unified for the first time. So that's after what, 500 years of being a British colony. Now, Sinn Féin, the, the leading uh, nationalist party, don't take their seats in Parliament. So they stand for elections, but they refuse to sit in Parliament. And part of the reason is, is because they don't regard Parliament. They don't regard themselves as British. So why would they sit in the British Parliament? And also, when you have to sit in Parliament, you have to take an oath. Mm. So they're flat out saying, we're not taking it, right? We're yeah. just not accepting it. Yeah. We're not involved. Mm. So I take my lead from them, to be honest, in the fact that, firstly, they're going to achieve their aims. Secondly, they're flat out saying they are not British people. And in, and in doing that, I think they're making a point to other nationalist people in Northern Ireland. They're, they're saying to their community that we don't regard ourselves as part of this establishment. And it's not about trying to change anything from within we can't get in and we don't want to be part of that group. We want to, we want to be recognised and respected by people who matter to us. Mm. And I think that's part of the issue with that recognition system is, is it's, it's a way of bringing people in to a space. It's like, it's like if, if, if you and I have beef, right? But all of a sudden I say to you, listen, do you know what? I really respect some of the things you do. And actually, I want to give you an award for the way in which you've been doing things. Because actually, I know, I know we hate each other, but, but I really, all of a sudden, you're going to change your attitude towards me and think, actually, yeah, maybe, maybe it's all right. Maybe, maybe all these things that he's done to me aren't so bad. I feel like it's a really smart system, yeah, which the is. British are really smart at anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. of bringing people in, yeah, keeping so your enemies close to yeah. and, and, and subverting yeah. or pacifying yeah. the anger and aggression they yeah. feel. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. I mean, for me, my, 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 my dilemma really is more coming back to what Koji was saying, just in terms of the extreme of your stance. So, yes, deny, uh, not accepting it, but then at the same time, reaping all the benefits of being British within the whole passport, the education, this, that, blah, blah, blah but then having that stance of denouncing it in the same way. Um, and I feel some people, I feel that characteristic may be contradictory in its nature, in its sense whereby you don't want to be acknowledged by them in that way, but yet you want to reap all the rewards and the benefits of that. And the benefits of that, um, 
So yeah, so yeah, yeah, no, it's interesting. I mean, what's what, what what's also interesting in that sense, I would say, is just the amount of people that are British that have rejected the MBE and the honours in that sense. So they don't really have the whole ancestral background whereby they're from colonies that were affected by the empire in a negative way, but more in a sense they're British and they don't like what the empire has done in the past. Yeah, but then I guess it goes back to the statistic that um, Jacob shared with us, right, um, regarding the people that are proud of the empire. But then I guess, in some respect, why would they not be? I guess I'm being very controversial, but from your standpoint, and this is how you have to kind of see it, yeah? I always have to like kind of explain this to households, right? Now, if my house, so there's three households, my house, Jacob's house, Moore's house, yeah? Now, my house, I've conquered Moore's house, conquered Jacob's house, now, my children are benefiting because I did that. Of course, every amenity or resources that belong to my children now is part and parcel from you guys' household, right? So when my children are benefiting from that, it's very difficult for my children to say, oh, you know what? Everything my dad did is wrong because the minute that you start acknowledging that, I need to start, they will need to start giving a lot of these resources away. So in regards to this shiny castle that we live in, it's not going to be a shiny castle any longer. We need to go down to a two, three bedroom house so that it's so spread across equally. So in order for my children to keep that standard of life that they live in, of course, they're going to be like, yeah, my dad did well to pave the way for me. Of course, they're going to say that. The question I'm asking is, why would my children not say that? Because a lot of the times I understand this, trust me, you know my ideology anyway around this. But a lot of the times as well, I always have to put my foot in someone else's shoes. So for instance, like growing up, like the Ashanti tribe in, in Ghana conquered a lot of different tribes and they became the most powerful tribe in Ghana. But then in Seoul's forth conquering a lot of tribes, a lot of people were displaced, a lot of people were killed. I wonder how they feel about this whole tribalism, even when you look at Ghana in itself, right? So one on one hand, you could be like, oh yes, like my ancestors are from the Ashanti tribe, they did this, they did that. But how you get what I mean? It's like how because it's always like where you want to position yourself, in it? Because when I push it, I'm a proud Ashanti because of the stuff that the Ashanti tribe did. But not everything the Ashanti tribe did was good. Do you know what I mean? So I think but that's, so, that's it. It's then having a balanced understanding, right? So I think that's, that, that would be really useful. I think from, for there to be at least some sort of discussion. But it feels like... Yeah, they, but then that discussion exposes stuff, though. And this is what I'm saying. I'm going to let you go back in, Jacob. But I guess the question I was asking is that why would my kids even want to have that discussion? If they know they took stuff from they took stuff from your house, you're gone now. They took stuff from your house, they took stuff from your house. Why would they have that discussion when they know it opens up a can of worms and they'll not be sitting in this shiny castle? So I, I completely agree. I think if you were if you're part of the aristocracy in the UK, then you have no reason to challenge what the Empire's done because everything that you've seen, uh, everything that you own as a result of that. Um, but I suppose for the, for the discussion <laughs> is about whether, whether someone, I think, who's likely been impacted yeah, by it yeah. would accept it. And so yeah. that's why I think that, that, um, that it's, it's time, I think, we, and I'm talking about everybody who's been as, who's, uh, kind of from the diaspora, yeah. starts to recognise the impact. So, I mean, we, we know, and, and we, could, we could run through long lists, but we know about the, the, at least the three million people from... from from Africa who were taken to the Caribbean. And we know that 
30 million Indians are likely to have died as a result of their form of colonialism. We know about, I think it was one and a half million Kenyans um, interned, and the, the cultural displacement in Ireland. Um, and we also know about you know, the problems in Palestine today, yeah. problems Iraq. in Ireland, yeah. problems in Iraq, yeah. all rela related to um, the, the drawing of boundaries. Um, and so many different countries in Africa. And we also know the one step further is, is the psychological impacts of it. So it's the, the religion, the names, the languages, um, but also the, the concept of beauty, the concept hey. of inter intelligence, uh, all of these things. He's just taking it there. <laughs> yeah. So it then makes us think, well, you know, but, and it's not even, there hasn't even been an acknowledgement, there hasn't been one apology, not one, uh, not, not one pound in terms of reparations. And so because of that, it's difficult then to build an argument to suggest that us accepting that with, the, with that name, that's fine for me, the name is important because if it's a representative of the empire, it becomes usually problematic. Okay, so, because I was going to touch on other points, but then they kind of just seem irrelevant now. To be what, what points did you have? On no, just like... People that have not accepted it, you know, like David Bowie, turned it down. Yeah, but I guess... So David Bowie, he turned it down because he didn't actually know what that actually stood for, rather than, like, do you know what I mean? So yeah. it, it wasn't, like, deep down to say, oh, the what the British, British Empire, Empire, what it stood for. It was just yeah. like, what is this thing that you're offering me? Like, what, what, what am I meant to do with this? It's like, why are you giving me this in the first place type of thing? And there have been people that have turned it down because they knew what it stood for. And this, the same thing that you're talking about, the colonialism, the whole empire and what the empire stood for. So there have been actual British people that have actually turned it down for those reasons as well. So actually had a bit of a list that I was going to. Because I think if, if people knew actually what it meant, I think then people might have a bit more of an issue. Yeah. I think that's that's the thing. I mean so, so do you think it's kind of in in intentionally disguised what it because I think in it's itself not disguised. If, I, if, no but no. you've got to think about it. in itself the fact that till now yeah it's something I only ever really felt that I needed to think about more deeply. Kind of highlights that a bit more in its sense, whereby if it was blatantly member of the British Empire, that this is what this acknowledgement stands for, then it's something I would have known or been aware of or looked into a lot sooner than now, if you get what I mean. I mean because it's... seeing OBE, MBE and that, we've seen it for years. Yeah. It's, not, it's, not, it's not nothing new. And it's, it's, it's something we desired as well, but we didn't really know what we were desiring. So is that an accident? Is that intentional? Just how that whole concept isn't really highlighted exactly what it really means and stands for? To, like, to get such big celebrities like that, even but, in themselves, not but, knowing. But then I guess, I, I, think, I think I could, I could second that if it went back to your conversation around changing the name. Because for me, changing the name then becomes more of a smoke screen. Because intrinsically behind it, this is what you actually know it means. It's like when you watch a kid's cartoon, but you know the meaning behind some of these things, the innuendos behind it. It's not for kids. But you know subliminally some of this information actually goes in. This is how information is being soaked in. So the idea, if they change it to say, oh, member, what is it, MBA, what's MBA, member? Member of the British Empire. I went through the list and looked at it. Member of the British Empire to like member of Britain or whatever it British is, constitution. constitution or whatever it is. For me, changing the name then becomes like what you're saying. I think for us, the reason why I personally didn't really 
because it didn't mean anything to me at that point. I didn't. I was young. I'm not MBE. Yeah, you're someone important. But who cares? Personally, like this, this was yeah. my stance. And I think until people actually start rejecting it is when I start looking into it a bit more. Yeah. So when we're talking about some of the names that you've mentioned already, um, I could never pro- pronounce the poet's name. Zephaniah. Zephaniah. When they start rejecting it, that's when he actually gave me more impetus to actually look into it. Like, oh, mm. why are they rejecting it? Because I thought it was a great thing. Why are they rejecting it? Do you get what I mean? So once you read up about the reasons for them rejecting it, that's when it actually makes sense. Because the empire thing, they didn't try to hide the empire. It's always been part of the title. Knighthood, it goes back to generations. To this whole Kenafa, the round table business and stuff. It goes, but this is nothing that's been hidden. I guess, it, I guess this is what I'm saying, where if the name was changed, then we could kind of use this thing to say that, oh, okay, why did it, is there some sort of, like, has it been put that way to, to not make people understand what they're accepting and all that kind of thing? So, But maybe it could be done in acknowledging what the empire has done and they want to kind of disassociate to that. But, but I just want accepting the words. No, well, sorry. if they change its name. Okay, yeah. So what, what Koja is more on the stance of is if they change the name, it's still part of the empire. It's just they've given it a they different still name. Haven't like, they still haven't apologised. It's like a rose smelling the same, yeah. but it's, and it's given their name, it's still, still the same. It's still smelling the same. Yeah. <laughs> we're talking about reparations. We're talking about acknowledgement of things that they've done in the first place. If they don't start from those stance before changing the name, I do not see the point of changing the name. Mm. Because... <clears throat> It still have done. It's still part and parcel of it. I guess this this is what I'm saying, and that's that I see it. And I guess when actually just wanted to read that what. Um, Stephania. Don't worry. When I need to say that name, Jacob will step in. So, (laughs) (laughs) so his reasons. I think this was an article in the Guardian newspaper in 2013, and what he said. He said, "Me, I thought all be me, up yours. I thought, up yours. I thought. Some strong words, but hey." I get angry when I hear that word empire. It reminds me of slavery. It reminds me of thousands of years of brutality. It reminds me of how my foremothers were raped and my forefathers brutalized. It is because of this concept of empire that my British education led me to believe that the history of black people started with slavery and that we were born slaves. And we should be grateful. And we should therefore be grateful for what we were given. Sorry, let me start again. And should therefore be grateful that we were given freedom by our caring white masters so when you actually just just whatever that is i guess he's a poet so they they play with words really well and just when you actually think about what he's kind of saying there's so many different things that he's touched on there yeah you know what i mean even that one line about the concept of um, education led me to believe um that the history of black people started with slavery and and this is what a lot of people believe in, in the education system Right, so I feel like yes, one on one level, I do agree that changing the name and what that word empire, because that's something that he touched on. But this is like an institutionalized in so many different ways, so many different levels that it even goes down to education. Where now I remember vividly, it was my two-year-old, so I went to class, and they were having like the end of year review. Not a two-year-old, my six-year-old, who's in year two. So. The teacher mentioned that they're going to start doing like famous, like famous people, and I was like, "Oh, so who are these famous people?" And I was like, "So is there going to be actually like black people?" And she looked at me. She was kind of shocked that I asked that question, and I'm thinking, 
and I was because she was shocked because I guess from their stance now, this this is becoming part and parcel of what they teach um, children now about, I guess, I don't know, most probably the first thing that will come is Martin Luther King and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? But then for my stance, it was just more like if you're teaching about famous people, especially because I've sit in classes where they were talking about not even slavery. I don't know what that whole Kunta Kinte movie was about. I watched it in year nine. Roots. Roots. And I was still confused as to why they showed that kind of movie in the classroom. But it made me feel inferior watching that movie. It made me really feel inferior. And it's funny because I come from Africa, but when they're having this bow and chasing animals, and I'm like, okay, like, you know, like, this is not how... Do you know what I mean? So it made me feel inferior. So I've been very, very carefully trying to understand the education system now and what our children are being exposed to. So the minute that you say to me as a parent now, the minute you say to me you're teaching my kids about famous people, the first question I'm going to ask you is, are these famous people, are they going to be people that look like my kids, that are being represented to my kids, to understand that it's not just, it's in what context are you teaching this information? Yeah. And I guess the teacher is just thinking, oh, well, who is this guy trying to, I am a teacher, I'll make sure. And I'm like, it's not that, it's not the argument. I'm not trying to say that you're not a teacher, but... I feel like in the same breath, I need to ask that question. And this is why I'm talking about how institutionalized some of these things are. Because our kids are not being taught about why these things happen in the first place. And you're talking about reparations, so we're talking about even some sort of, like, using the same example of the households. If my kids were going to your children and saying to them, look, what my dad did is wrong. If that in itself is being spoken about in that way, by the minute, as I say, you start talking about that, then your kids are going to be like, look, I, we all live in this one-bedroom flat. Yeah. We want a garden as well. When are we going to be getting a garden? You've taken certain stuff that my dad would have given to me. Would I have had a garden by now? So when are we going to have that conversation? So it's not, it's not easy to start those conversations because the minute that you start those conversations, Caribbean reparations, African reparations, you're talking about um, black, like the black um, diaspora, like black Americans as well about what that in, and in what context that actually represents. So it's a big kind of worms for the, for the Western world. So I feel like even though when we look at the atrocities, what, what happened in like Germany with the Jews and the whole building, the whole Israel state to accommodate the Jews and all that kind of stuff to make sure that those kind of things don't happen again in history, I guess that's how it's... With black people, those conversations will not be had in that way because it's, it's what the Western world is built on, I feel like. That's also, I think, because we don't, <clears throat> I think, you could never, so you could never, like, let's say in Germany, for example, it's an extreme example, <laughs> but of course, but you could never have an award that was in any way related to the Third Reich, um, and I'm sure if you, if, if someone offered any Jewish person that award, I'm fairly certain, not only would they turn it down, yeah. but the community would be up in arms, so like, this is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. We forget that, and which isn't taught in the history books, is that, that Hitler was admired the British Empire. Yes. You know, concentration camps didn't start in Germany, they started in the Boer War in South Africa. So much of the, you know, and he admired it because he wanted an empire very much like the British Empire. He, you know, he thought what they did was pretty cool. So, so I think one thing that we, we don't have, A, we don't have that, that sense of disgust and repulsion about the empire. And B, we're quite easily won over. You know, yeah. you couldn't do that. True. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I can't. I can't speak for the Jewish community, but I'm fairly certain that countries that have had a reprehensible record towards Jewish people now, anyway, would never be able to award a Jewish person using with 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 the title 
uh, representing some form of that oppression. Mm, definitely. Yeah. But then do you think that kind of conviction in not accepting it is also supported in terms of not the, having that dependency on that nation or country where that award is coming from, if you get what I mean. Yeah, so do you, do you think that kind of our dependency yeah. in the UK has a... In the UK kind of has that dilution in terms of how we might want, might have that conflict in our minds of accepting it and not having that same conviction and saying no or it's unheard of that you would even think of accepting it in a similar scenario to the Jewish in that aspect. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but then I think... Yeah, that's, yeah, because I, I hear what you're saying, but you've got to understand the situations, they just aren't the same. They're not the same at all. They're not the same yeah. at all. And so to compare There's them... no level playing field. Yeah, it's, it's I understand. Ignoring. It's good to make that... I totally accept that. Yeah. And I fully understand that. And that could never happen when we put that parallel. <laughs> yeah. But then in regards to historical... Um, artifacts in regards to historical events that happen, it's not the same. Personally, if you ask mm. me, it's, it's, it's not the same. It transcends <coughs> a longer period of time for slavery than it did for, for the whole um, concentration camps when you're looking at that. So, plus, what we're saying here as well, we have so many displaced people. And if you look at Africa as a continent, like it's the biggest continent mm. for me in regards to countries that are representative in Africa as well, and the amount of people, different tribes and all that kind of stuff, it's very difficult for that amount of people to kind of like come together as one yeah. and fight for the same kind of cause, yeah. right? Because even in Ghana, there's how many tribes, right? But you do Ghana how many tribes, then you do Nigerian how many tribes, then I could go on, the list is endless. Then you have to go to America, look at the black, black Americans, then you have to go to the Caribbeans. It's very difficult for all these people that have experienced different things to come together for one agenda, you yeah. know what I mean? Whereas then when you're looking at the Jewish population, it's like a, you have like a, what's the word? That's a foundation mm. that is built upon. So the foundation makes you stronger. Do you know what I mean? So, so yes, I understand that, but I feel like, yeah, it is, and it is part and parcel of why we are where we are at the moment, I guess, isn't it? And why some of us will accept it, why some of us will actually play for countries and represent countries that committed atrocities to our great-grandparents and all these kind of things. And this is what I'm saying. This is why I give it the same kind of level of energy when I'm talking about this whole MBE, British citizenship, or whatever benefits that we get as part of that. And I feel like when we're having this conversation, we can't just look at it from one angle to say what the British Empire stood for. But then on the other side of it, the British Empire is the reason why all the supposed benefits that we get now comes from that. Yeah. So this whole free movement and the power, and you're saying it, and that's the relevant point that you made regarding never being defeated, being that mighty Great Britain and returning that country back is the reason why we get all these kind of things when we travel even within Europe. It's the reason why they have to put up with a lot of nonsense. The way, <laughs> no, no, seriously, they go to football matches and they just trash the place. Like, it's like, how do you behave like that? And you travel, and the minute that they hear you're from, they're like, ah, oh, yeah, these people, this is how they behave. And you go to certain places and they say all these things. But it's because of the legacy of the British Empire. So then let me throw something in then. <clears throat> Sorry, I'll see. No, because I was going to say, I've had someone I know spoken to that have said that they don't see it as a contradiction yeah. because they see by taking on all the benefits of being British, yeah. 
is basically their form of reparations for all the shit that has happened because it's their people that have built this empire basically and all the resources from their countries so they feel as if they're owed this not that they're having this slice of the cake and then not taking the other bits but they see it as, no 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 so i'm not disputing yeah, as I, in you I, know I, what no 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 i deserve this yeah. right yeah. <laughs> i deserve to have all the benefits that come with being british yeah. because all the people of my ancestors that have suffered for it and also that have worked their backs and but then, free and everything it, it goes that. it goes in the same thing of that whole dynamite and the reason why she said she accepted the mba in the first place because she used a lot of these things. Yeah. So a lot of the stuff that Mo is saying is the reason why Dynamite said that she changed her mind to accept the NBE. Because it's not about the slavery part anymore. It's about what we built this country to be. Like mm-hmm. my great-grandparents coming to this country, toiling, working in, the, in, in these kind of industries to build it up in the first place. So I am part and parcel of this machine now. So, but so, then, so I guess... So right. no, no, finish up, finish up. Be, because for me, it's a conflict of interest to a certain extent. Because even for someone that's saying that, oh, you know what, this country is built on all these wealth for my country and all these kind of things. So, in, in reality, what country do you actually represent? Where, where, where are you from? It's, for me, it's a conflict of interest. Because when we're looking at the form of identity, what is your identity? You're saying that on one hand, oh, well, I'm Nigerian, I'm Ghanaian, I'm Ugandan, I'm, Cari- I'm Jamaican, I'm, but I have a British passport because it serves the purposes of what my ancestors went through. But what does that actually mean? That means you represent Britain. And say proudly that you are British. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't. But then I'm saying about the conflicts. The internal conflict. And I don't think that it's easy to just... Do you know what I mean? So I can understand the, the, the thought train of where... And I guess yeah. I'm going to let Jacob come in after that. The thought train of where that's coming from. But then I feel like that in itself creates conflict within an individual. Yeah. I mean, with what you're saying, it goes on to what Jacob was saying in terms of the word empire. So I can associate with being British... But not necessarily, not necessarily the British Empire. They see those as two different things, even though some might argue that. I, the I same. don't know. For me, for some me might argue it's the same, but some see it separately. For me, it's the same because one came before the other. One set up the foundation. The British Empire is the foundation of being British. That's how mm-hmm. I see it. So you can't. You, for me personally, you cannot disassociate from the two because that foundation built what Britain is now. So if even if you're saying to me that oh, the empire kind of like does not sit well with me, and I can understand why, but even if they change that whole thing, and as I said before, just going back to a lot of the stuff that you said regarding reparations and the acknowledgement of wrongdoings and all these kind of things, until those conversations are being had, then for me it's all the same thing. Like a house is built on a foundation. <laughs> the stronger the foundation, the longer the last the house is going to, to last. So for me, it doesn't matter. If I build those foundations and you come to live in that house and you're like, oh, you use cement or you use wood, you are living in that house because of that foundation that I've laid down in the first place. Yeah. So what's on, top, what's on this top layer could always be changed, but what's underneath is the most important because that's what keeps that, keeps that going, personally, if you ask me. That's how I kind of see it. Yeah, I mean, do you know what? Because I was then going to say, because obviously you're right, because I've always thought about... Um, like playing for England in football is one thing. I always have a discussion with my brother, like, who would you play for? Yeah, yeah. And what, like, what did you guys say? It's a little bit of a discussion because we're never going to get into that. But it's yeah. just yeah. interesting yeah. discussions. So we're like, okay, would we play for Ireland? We could play for Jamaica. Yeah. Um, but we definitely wouldn't play for England. Definitely wouldn't. But then you do miss out on a lot of, um, of course. like, commercial yeah. like, opportunities. 
And, and they have a better chance of winning the World Cup or so. Or they the do European Cup. Getting Cups. more medals or getting yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. England. No, you they, never know. You never know. And now they, they're coming forward. They, they still do. Even those times there. Even though we could say that they had a good team, but they were not getting the results. They still had a better chance than Ireland. But then the question is, then, Jamaica. Would you? Then we always said, all right. Would we sing the national anthem? Because when you know when the camera pans around, because you can still play for them. This is what I'm saying about the conflict. Yeah. So you can't say that. Oh, I'm dead. So when you're sat in it, and that's the question, then what would you do? Would you sing the national anthem? Why would you not sing the national anthem? If you sat there to get a British passport and you had to go through the oath and stuff, then for me, I don't see the point of you not singing the national anthem. Which I, never I could never sing the national anthem. <laughs> <I could never laughs> <sing> the national. <laughs> what does but, it say? God yeah, bless the queen, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and the queen is the empire. Mm. So, so we're talking about changing a lot of constructs of how this country has been built, so that what we feel more included, inclusive. No, that's not where they're coming from. That's not how this this wind spins uh, spins, mate. No. So you could, I mean, and you're right, because you could even go further, because I was even thinking about Caribbean people, right? So, you know, we talk about carrying the name MB. <clears throat> but Caribbean people, we have names. Like, we're carrying names, giving names to our children of people who are directly. I mean, all right, the queen, the queen is one thing, cool. But the queen, she just sits up there. But if this, is, this, is, this is the guy who, who owned you, he bought you, he paid for you, yeah. he branded you, yeah. he forced you to work. Great he potentially your grandparents. You. Yeah, exactly. And we're carrying that name down. I'd say that's that's even worse. That, so that's why I was kind of starting off by saying, you know, I might not ever receive an MB, but what could I do now, even without receiving an MB, to change that whole mentality? And certainly a name change is important. Even I have to think, you know, my parents sent me to a, a Church of England school. And the Church of England were implicitly involved in the slave trade. I mean, they, you know, they, they led on that. But they sent me to a Church of England school because of the cachet it carries and because somewhere deep down, buried inside their consciences, still want to be kind of part of the establishment, you know? So that's why in a way I was thinking about the cons- uh, Rastafarianism and how mm. what they did was they took, they took Christianity, but they said, we're creating a black religion. We want a black God based in Ethiopia. And we're understanding that Christianity has roots that far beyond kind of European, um, its European influence. And I was thinking to myself, that's a really good example of, of, of self-recognition of feeling proud about yourself, changing the culture. Still almost having that identity, but creating your own identity. Because, yeah, it goes much yeah. further than just um, just accepting a label. We really accepted those labels. Yeah, yeah. 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 definitely. And, and, and you say that about the Caribbean, but this is in Africa as well. In regards to the naming and all these kind of things, I think we had an episode talking about name and all these kind of things. And it is quite impossible that we're in certain parts of Ghana because of where the British settled. They have a first English and then a first... Um, sorry. The first and second name are English. So oh, I'll wow. give you a first. It could be Adam, Adam, what was another English name? Chris Adams or something. It could be a Ghanaian. Because of the influence of the British at that time. So a lot of the stuff that we're saying in regards to carrying names forward, it's not just the Caribbean. We still have that issue in Africa. So because we, and this is the stuff where it always comes back down to identity, because we don't feel okay within us, within our skin. And when we talk about the empire and how the empire is renowned in the world, when you go to, and that's the stuff that you said, when you go to like Africa or the Caribbean with this title, how are you seen? This is the empire. So even if they change the name to something else, even when you go back there, because they recognize what the empire did and how that, the light that they see the empire in. 
Do you get what I mean? It's only now that these kind of conversations are even being had in Africa. So when we hear, talk about the year of return, they had like the Grenadian president, vice president, prime minister addressing um, the Ghanaian Congress, where you can see a lot of the ministers were not even aware of some of these things because trust me, you live in a bubble when you're in Africa. You don't see the legacy of slavery and stuff like that. It's not something that's openly spoken about. So until we start talking about these things and understand our whole idea of the black person in the world is when, because I feel like, and the reason why I'm asking a lot of these things is because I don't feel like it's on them to do anything. I feel mm. like it's more on us. Yeah, yeah, that's true. When, when you want to change stuff where you're like 1%, 2%, um, population-wise, it's very difficult to try to bring forth some sort of change because that change could only go so far. And then, then the question would be, the people that say that they want to be part of the establishment to change it within, for me, it's an ideology that's very dangerous because I remember, just a quick thing before we wrap up, mate, I've always got stories, but anyway, I was in, I was in union, we did, um, we did like a course around, um, we did an authentic leadership, so we were looking at leaders to see what they represent, but looking at that, so you're looking at companies to say, the companies that you're working and the companies you're not working because of their ethical and the corporate social responsibility that they have. So we looked at companies like L'Oreal and then you see all this king bleaching and all these kind of things. So a lot of people, when they were giving their presentation, they, they were asked the question, so would you work for this company? And a lot of people said, no, no, no. And Kojo, the bright person, when it came to me, I'm like, yeah, because I'll change it within and all these kind of things, yeah. But I was very young then. And when you work in an institution now and you understand this whole change process, it's not just snap of the finger. It's very, very, very difficult. Yeah, and that's just with an institution. We're talking about a nation, right? And it's not like you cannot have an effect, though. This is what I'm saying. It's not like you cannot have an effect. Because even if you change one mind, that one mind could change two minds. Do you know what I mean? So you still have an effect. But in regards to getting it to the, to, to the level that would heighten everyone's um, difficulty or situations that they, they kind of find themselves in, I feel like it's very naive to think that way. But it's not that that way cannot be positive as well. Because it's almost like, and I always see as a war. When you're having a war, you have to tackle it from all sorts of angles. So I always go back to this Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. Malcolm X needed Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King, Martin Luther King needed Malcolm X. Because those both angles had to be fought in order for black people to even get the amenities in, in America that they get now. If it was just Martin Luther King, I don't think it would have got anywhere. So a lot of the time, sometimes you need to fight certain actions or when it comes to um, revolutionizing, it has to come, for me, I feel like for a revolution to happen, there has to be people putting their lives on the line. If you're not prepared to put your life on the line, then it might never really happen because it's like, what do you actually believe in and how, how strongly are you going to hold those beliefs in whatever situations that's, get, that, that's put ahead of you? So I feel like that's kind of like interesting in itself anyway. Yeah, excellent. Uh, yeah, no, I think it's been a really good discussion in terms of our MB and really exploring in terms of what that might mean to you by not accepting it and how strongly do you hold that stance in everything, not just in the MBE kind of stance. Are you going to have that same conviction towards any other elements of your life, playing for England or your British passport or anything else like that, even naming your child? what kind of names you'll use in that aspect. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, um, for me, I still kind of still hang on to the stance of 
I probably wouldn't take that MBA if it came. Um, but I can understand why someone would. And that's me on that, yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, th I think it's a bit conflicting. I think when I just use the example of the whole passport thing that you mentioned, when I think about that, then I'm a bit conflicted in whatever decision I make. Because even if I say I'm turning down the MBE, then it doesn't necessarily sit right with me because it's still I'm still part of this institution, whether I like it or not. Do you get what I mean? So for me, for me to really turn it down or what it actually means to turn down the MBE, it means I need to kind of like decouple myself from all these kind of things. Like I need to go back and say, yes, I'm Ghanaian and just hold my Ghanaian passport and stop all this. British because you can't pander in order to get by and when you're pandering to get by you need to understand how you're pandering then I on one hand cannot then say to someone why are you accepting it because there are other things that I'm accepting so so I feel like yes yeah I will definitely uh, I will turn it down but I feel like that conversation is not necessarily viable when there are other things that I'm accepting as well from there um, it's not person. isolated it's, yeah, it's, it's not a bigger conversation yeah, it's a bigger conversation than just that and I feel yeah, true. I think I might. What I'm, what I could do is <laughs> I could I could be, I could I could call myself Jacob, and then having brackets like Turns I'm going to be yeah then rejected <laughs> <laughs> and then just choose to put it on when I need it. So you still get yeah. the prestige. <laughs> because I'm not gonna lie, it's good, it's good. But I also, I mean, interestingly enough, I did. I changed my surname like about. Uh, about two years ago, oh, okay. and I changed my daughter's surname, part based on, part, kind of based on that, on the whole naming thing. So I think, like for me personally, I'm I'm trying I'm trying every day to, to do as much as I can. But like you said, there's so many layers. Mm -hmm. So yeah, hopefully, and, and it takes so much time. What you're saying is so true. So we just have to pass it down to our children and hope they carry it on. But it does start from us. Yep. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. No, excellent. So yeah. Um, we would really like to hear, uh, listeners, what you guys' thoughts are on the MBE and a lot of the stuff that we've uncovered in today's uh, conversation and what your thoughts are in terms of how you might decide or what other things you hold more important. And um, yeah, we're really interested in um, to send us any comments or uh, opinions through our Instagram account. And um, yeah, so this is the new year. I'm sure you're all looking forward to 2020 already. Already a few days have gone past and you're feeling, wow, the year's gone so far quickly. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, thank you again. We appreciate all your support so far in the year. And yeah, thanks for coming. Thank you for uh, joining us in the conversation. Please get in contact with us. Um, we want to create more of an organic platform. So if you have any questions, please check our Instagram page, which is LDN Perspective. You could also reach us on Twitter, perspective ldm and please you could always drop us an email at ldmperspective at gmail.com thanks for listening perspectives different views one voice, one voice.